Yesterday, the fans of Eastern Connecticut State University Baseball got a chance to honor the 2022 NCAA Division III National Champion Eastern Baseball team with a reception that was held at Eastern Student Center. The entire team with the coaches walked down a long hallway, almost a gauntlet of all the fans and staff and other friends and relatives who were there to celebrate them. They brought the National Championship trophy. And afterwards, I got a chance to talk with Eastern's head coach, Brian Hamm, who won the fifth national championship for the ECSU baseball program. Um, what it means to me is actually what this day means to the entire Eastern community. This national championship is really emblematic of, of what Eastern Connecticut State University is uh, and what the community here means to the athletics department and what the athletics department means to the community. I mentioned how strong our, our team is academically, how diverse we are as a team, uh, and that's reflected in the Eastern community. And so this is what today is all about. To be able to walk into that reception, it's got to be pretty, pretty fun, right? Uh, we were really excited to see as many people uh, who showed up today. Uh, we were greeted at 12.30 in the morning when we flew back from Chicago. Uh, we had a, a large showing there uh, late at night. So um, to then have this many people show up again and, and celebrate was really special and meaningful to us. Day one of practice, did you think this team could be bringing back the trophy? Did you think it had all the raw materials? Uh, I hadn't thought that far ahead. Um, what was important to me was uh, the approach that we took, and I knew that the team had bought into the system uh, that we put together now for three years uh, since Chris and I have, have been here. Um, and I knew that we had the talent and we had the character of players, and if we could develop the resiliency uh, and we could stay healthy and have a little bit of luck, uh, then we'd see how it played out. And it turned out that we ended up 49-3 and three and uh, – you know, arguably potentially the, the, the best Division Three baseball team in history. You've got like six guys who transferred here from, from UConn. Yes. And essentially that cut that Coach Penders talked about how back in the old days, Eastern and UConn didn't get along, but now they get along great. Yes. Let's talk about the symbiotic relationship between Eastern and UConn. Yes. Um, so uh, there are a number of, of uh, things about that relationship. The first, two great institutions uh, and two great institutions that Connecticut can be proud of and has best invested a lot into. Uh, and that goes for the athletics programs as well. Um, Coach Penders and, and his staff, Josh McDonald, Brian Oregon, and uh, Chris Padesua are, are first-rate individuals who have treated Eastern really well and have treated the players who've come to Eastern incredibly well so that they could bring uh, what they learned at, East, uh, at UConn to Eastern and really improve the culture of our program. Um, for that, I'm incredibly thankful for and then really proud of the success that they had going to the Super Regional uh, and playing the way that they did and being one game away from going to a College World Series. What was it like watching the rest of the country learn what you knew all along, how special this team was, how diverse this team was, how smart this team was, and to be able to take it out of the Northeast and have other people <laughs> see that too? Uh, yes, well, uh, we were, you know, we're one of three teams in New England that have won a national championship with Trinity and, and uh, Southern Maine, and it hasn't been done since uh, 2008. Um, so it's the first time in a while that uh, a team from New England has done that. And also not many teams from Connecticut have won a national championship recently. I know Con uh, College did it in soccer. Um, so for me, it's a big deal in terms of what this state produces um, in our student athletes. And like I said, we're an incredibly diverse uh, 
institution because Connecticut's incredibly diverse and the baseball team reflects that. Um, we have outstanding public schools in state. We have outstanding public universities in state and our team reflects that with our GPA and success. So uh, more than anything, I'm just most proud to represent Eastern and the state of Connecticut for other people to see how special it really is. But how does your roster look next year? How many guys are you losing and how do you replace those key players? We don't know yet. Um, Partially because now with the transfer portal, there's so many schools coming after the top players. And you know, if you look, Wayne, at uh, the quality of players on the team and you look at the World Series, what's different about now in Division Three baseball and college baseball is the level of talent, starting with the, the lower number of players being drafted in the amateur draft because now they've, they've uh, condensed that. So now more of those players are entering from high school to the college ranks or staying in Division One, and so the better players have trickled down. So what I noticed in the College World Series is that the top teams had figured out ahead of time how to take advantage of this increased transfer process, uh, and then also during COVID, how to leverage the extension of eligibility for players to come back to be grad students or in their fifth or sixth year, and, you know, John Masagno's here for his seventh year. Um, the teams that had figured that out before everybody else were the teams that were still in the World Series. And if you looked at the players on the field, they were bigger, more physical, more explosive, faster than all the other of the Division Three teams. And from what I noticed, I always like to say that at, at Eastern we have low to mid-level Division One talent on our team. There were players on that at the World Series that had mid to high-level Division One talent and physicality. Um, and so that's that's where the game is now. And as a result, our players are more attractive to those Division One programs that are looking to climb within the Division One ranks. And um, hopefully we can retain them and keep them here. Um, and then also, you know, for our incoming players, it's really important. Our, our incoming recruiting class is very, very strong. We need to make sure that they come next year. And granted, it's a, there's incentive for them to do that. They can see they, uh, that when we recruited them and told them they could win national championship, we actually did. Uh, and then ultimately, all the transfers that are now knocking on our door um, who want to come and be a part of what we have. So it's, it's just crazy how, how every, the dynamic has changed. You always have to stay on your toes and um, be ahead of the game. You mentioned Masanu's name, and you've got about five or six guys who could have been most outstanding player, guys who propelled you throughout the NCAA tournament. You talk about what he in particular did for this team, not just in the 23-game winning streak, but also in the postseason, the College World Series. John Misogno is one of the most consistent people that I've met in my life. Uh, and that consistency wore on the rest of the team. I shouldn't say wore. I mean, it, it, it helped us become the resilient team uh, that we were. That when our, I mean, look in the Super Regional, uh, when we were down two with two outs and two strikes and no runners on, and we still weren't down and out, and we figured a way. And one of the things that so many coaches came up to us after we had beaten them to say, one, we didn't give them anything. We, we, didn't, we didn't give them an opening by giving away base runners. We only walked four hitters in the entire College World Series. We didn't give anything in way of extra bases. We only made one error during the entire College World Series. And we never gave up. Like, we just kept going and going and going and going. 
that that's what John Masagno meant to us because he is he is so level headed, he's so even keel, and at the same time, he's one of the best competitors in terms of that heart that our team really took on that persona. Tell me a story about the reaction you got after you won the championship. People you heard from, friends, family, relatives, former players. I promised myself to coach right up to the last pitch. Um, we pretty much knew it was over after Tommy Benicasso faced the first batter in the ninth because of the way that he was pitching. The way, the, his approach was such that we thought, okay, this is done. I, I wanted to see it through from a mental perspective that I could focus on getting the team through it. And so I never got caught up in the emotion of winning a national championship till it was already over. Um, and then it, it, was, it, it was a mix of emotions to see the emotions that the guys have. Um, and then uh, <laughs> afterward, hearing from so many people, but especially my, my former players at Amherst, I heard from more of the Amherst alumni than I did the Eastern alumni. Um, and I think that goes to show, matter of fact, I was talking to one of them last night, and I told him it, it goes to show how special the relationship is um, of the teams that we've had over the years. And the Eastern teams that we've had, including this national championship team, reflect those same ideals um, that the Amherst teams have had. And so they could probably, as they watched us play in the NCAA tournament, see that in this team, even though we were wearing different colors. So that was probably the most striking thing to me is how many Amherst guys I heard from. Did your phone blow up that night? Uh, I still have over 450 texts that I have still yet to respond to. The problem is, is my wife gets upset with me because I respond to a text and then I ask the person how they're doing, and then that starts a whole text conversation, and then I never get down the line. So, yeah, I've got a lot of work to do to, to nail those off. Brian, congratulations. Thank big you so for the much, school, Wayne. Big for the town. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. It means a lot. Thanks for all of your, your support and following us. Thank you. Good stuff from Brian Hamm, the baseball coach at Eastern Connecticut State University after they had a nice reception and ceremony yesterday to honor their fifth baseball national championship. Brought to you by Gates Buick GMC Nissan. Main Street in Little Manic was bustling last night. Lots of good music, good food, and very good attendance for the June 3rd Thursday Street Festival. Chairperson Alan Morell says over 100 vendors participated. I think that it's significantly better than it was in May. The weather is still holding out, and I think with all of the other vendors, the musical act has roused a little bit more people, especially when we have more food vendors. We had about 100 in the 101 vendors sign up for 
Blue stage at Joseph Square will be rocking today with over 12 bands scheduled to perform from 12 noon till 9. Events geared to a younger audience is billed as the Empty Fest. Texan, who's the lead Republican on the Senate's effort to craft a bipartisan gun safety bill, walked out of negotiations. Texas GOP Senator John Cornyn told reporters he doesn't know what Democratic Senators Chris Murphy of Connecticut and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona had in mind but that he was through talking. Murphy and Republican Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina later said the talks are close to reaching agreement and that legislative text for a bill could emerge in the next few days. I'm Trey Thomas. The number of deaths in Connecticut blamed on COVID-19 has now surpassed 11,000. For the past two weeks, Wyndham's had 53 recorded new positive tests. Wyndham among six towns in Wyndham County still at red alert status, including Chaplin, Canterbury, Eastford, Sterling, and Killingly. A person was knocked unconscious early last night in Hampton, plunging 14 feet off a roof at 77 Brook Street in Hampton. That person was rushed to Wyndham Hospital. This morning around 3 a.m., a motorcyclist in Stafford suffered a serious head laceration. No helmet involved. Crashes on the Springfield Road in Stafford. The biker was alert and conscious at the scene. WILI News Time 903. For state and local news after this from Gates Buick GMC Nissan. Tesla and Jimmy, $598 today. Chesser, VIN number NM303904 and NW475084. Auto Center Exchange offers 572202. Hi, this is Danny Gates and Craig Gates. Gates gets what you want. Now is the time to upgrade into a new Nissan at Gates Nissan. Buy a brand new 2022 Nissan Altima SV starting at only $26,900. Nissan Rogue Sport S all-wheel drive starting at just $27,900. Pre-order your new Nissan today at Gates Nissan and get the exact color, trim, and features you want. Gates Nissan buys cars for cash even if you don't buy ours. Trade in your vehicle while the market is high. Plus, receive two years scheduled maintenance with a purchase or lease of any new Nissan. And remember, we take anything in trade. Goats, boats, trains, or planes. You name it, we trade it only at Gates Nissan. North Wyndham, Connecticut, USA. Ring us at 456 on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or visit us online at GatesNissan.com. WYNI News Time 904. An absolutely crazy scene yesterday morning around 8 o'clock on I-84 in Middlebury. 31-year-old Robert Brown's accused of getting out of a car, stealing a truck owned by a construction worker, and ramming two police cruisers. Brown was apprehended on foot after about a 300-yard chase with the help of a taser gun. Juneteenth now a state and federal holiday, but it won't be a paid holiday for state workers in Connecticut till next year. Town of Mansfield's all in on Juneteenth on Monday as part of a project 